Mr. Grady, you were the caretaker here. I'm sorry to differ with you, sir, but you're the caretaker. You've always been the caretaker. I should know, sir. I've always been here. Whoa. Welcome to the Fluent Nerd, a not-so-serious discussion on all things nerdy. I'm Z. I'm Neil. This is a show where we discuss our love-hate relationship with the world's most famous and infamous franchises, movies, shows, and games of the nerd world. This week we're talking about... The Shining. (laughs) That note of disappointment is exactly (laughs) why I wanted to do a horror movie. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Watching Neil watch this movie was better than watching this movie. Yeah, and I love this movie, so... (laughs) All right, The Shining, 1980, produced by Stanley Kubrick and directed based on a Stephen King novel. So, Jack Torrance is a former teacher and a recovering alcoholic. He's interviewing for a position as the off-season caretaker at the historic Overlook Hotel. Jack accepts the job after learning that a former caretaker murdered his family and then killed himself. I don't think that's why he accepted the job. I said accepts after learning. Yeah, I get it, but it's insinuated that, anyway. It happened in that sequence. It's still (laughs) accurate. It did. He also learns the hotel was built over Native American burial ground, because no red flags at all. Right. Jack plans to use the solitude to write a book. They never say what he's going to write the book about. I assume it's going to be erotica, but that's just me. Hentai. It's hentai. It's definitely hentai. (laughs) So, Jack takes his wife, Wendy, and his son, Danny, who has an imaginary friend named Tony... Uh, to the hotel, and Danny has a premonition of the hotel and blood and such. Yeah. Again, no red flags at all. None. We Zero. Find out, <clears throat> yeah. We find out that Danny has psychic abilities after he meets the t- uh, the cook, Dick Halloran, and he telepathically communicates with him. Dick then warns him to stay away from room 237. There's which, nothing in there, boy, but stay away from there anyway. Yeah. He doesn't. <laughs> Spoiler Spoilers. alert. So, a month passes. Jack finds out that he's a terrible writer. Uh, <laughs> shit gets weirder and weirder. Jack goes into room 237 after Danny tells him he sees a strange woman in there. After the strange woman tried to strangle him. Whatever. He says he <laughs> saw her, too. Yeah, literally, <laughs> she tried to strangle him. Like, she had strangle marks on his neck. Well, so we never like, actually see it, so we yeah, don't we know. Yeah, we do. I don't remember seeing it. His sweater's ripped and he's got fucking... We don't see her do it, though. No. Is what I'm telling you. We never actually see it. Got it. Anyway. We see the evidence. Yeah. We see some evidence. We can't prove that she did it, though. It could be any number of things. It could be Tony, for all we know. We don't know. Anyway, Jack finds a ghost who tries to seduce him, but he never says anything to Wendy because... Why if... Well, I bother mentioning to your wife that you almost fucked a ghost. Yeah, you kind of, but but through that, so this hot chick gets out of the tub, and then he makes out with her, and then she becomes a corpse. Mm-hmm. Well, they all eventually become corpses. <laughs> Sooner in your case, right? That's fucked up. So, <laughs> Wendy, Wendy and Jack argue, and then Jack goes to a ballroom, which is full of ghosts. He meets the ghost of Grady, the former caretaker. Grady tells Jack to correct his family. Just like he corrected his family. 
Meanwhile, Danny reaches out to Dick, who tries like hell to get back to the hotel. Danny goes into a trance and just keeps repeating, Red rum, red rum, red rum, red rum, red rum. Wendy starts frantically looking for Jack and finds his typewriter, which is full of paper, repeating the phrase, All work and no play makes Jack a dull boy. It was written in exactly that tone. Yes. It was all caps, so you have to assume it was yelling, but I don't want to yell into the mic. I think it was all caps because it was a typewriter. They have lowercase on typewriters. Not all of them. Uh, most of them. All of them I've ever seen from like the 1910s onward. Hmm. Yeah. You ever play with a typewriter? Once or twice. Don't want to shut the fuck up. I'll play with more than you. A fight ensues. Suck a dick. <laughs> Wendy hits Jack with a bat before fleeing. She doesn't get far with the snow, and Jack is freed by Grady's ghost. Wendy looks yeah, these in the, ghosts move shit. Yeah. Wendy looks in the mirror and finally sees that red rum equals murder. Oh, God. I just figured that out. Well, we also watched it with subtitles. <laughs> well, I've also seen it like 20 times. Yeah. Jack axes them a question. God damn it. And gets in the room. <laughs> oh, I hate you more than I ever have before. Also, I'm just... <laughs> Danny gets out of the window. Wendy's cut, but escapes. Or cuts Jack and then escapes. Uh, Jack, yeah, he gives up on that way too easily. Yeah, he's a, not a great murderer. Not a good murderer. <laughs> so, Jack hears Dick, who's finally showing up to the hotel in his little snowmobile, and then he axes him to death in the lobby. Yeah, you'd think Dick would have, like, because he's psychic and all, would have some sort of, like, premonition or something about that, but... I guess not. Yeah, axe right to the heart. Yeah, or the hotel's blocking it. Potentially. There's, yeah, there's a lot actually, of unanswered you know questions. That actually, yeah. That's actually a good headcanon. So, Jack chases Danny outside into the maze where Danny tricks him, and Jack freezes to death. The final scene shows Wendy and Danny escaping, and a party photo from 1921, July 4th. Fourth. And uh, front and center is Mr. Jack Torrance, who's been there the whole time. You've always been the caretaker. Yeah. Skipping over a lot there, um, but... uh. Yeah, this movie, dude, what the fuck? I know it's a classic. I know it's October. I know we're watching horror movies, or at least this one. Mm-hmm. Fuck this movie. There's nothing wrong with this movie. It's a classic. Yes, it's a As classic. You said. But it, not only, not only did it scare me because I'm a fucking little girl. It did scare you quite a bit. But it was also it was scary and boring. Well, as I tried to explain to you. In movies like this, you are carried by the suspense. The suspense gets you over the parts that you found to be boring. They're not boring. They're meant to be suspenseful. They're meant to raise your heart rate and make you more into the movie. But when you look at Tinder the whole fucking time during the movie, it kind of takes that out. Well, that was more fun than watching this movie. Also, hey, if I, I had with gr- the suspense... At least I didn't say grinder. If I... <laughs> <laughs> You're an asshole. Uh, if I had let this movie, sus- you know, the suspense get to me, I'd have been a crying little girl in the corner. And I would have laughed so much more. No, I would have just killed you with an axe. <laughs> well, that's the plot there, ladies and gents. <laughs> we'll come back in a little while with some cast facts and trivia. All right, so Jack Nicholson, who plays Jack. Yeah, real creative there, guys. Yeah. A real acting prowess lets you respond to your own fucking yes. name. He was in Chinatown. He was in The Departed, which I actually wrote it like that in my notes, because that's how you say it. He was uh, the president, I think, in Mars Attacks. Jack Nicholson's been in everything. 
Not as much as you'd think, really. He was in Mars Attacks. Was he the president? I don't remember. I love that movie. Uh, Batman, obviously. He's Joker. He's Joker. And he's in the 1960 Little Shop of Horrors. I didn't know he was in that movie. Mm-hmm. And that's it for nerdy stuff, really. <laughs> he hasn't been in that much nerdy shit. See, I don't even think The Departed counts as nerdy, really. It does, because I say it does. Yeah, okay. We have our own podcast. We can cover what we want. We're going to cover The Departed. <laughs> yeah, we'll cover it. That doesn't mean it's nerdy. Shut up. Shelley Duvall plays Wendy. Uh, she was also in Popeye. Are you fucking kidding me? She's There's all a live oil. action Popeye? Yeah, it's got Robin Williams in it. Oh, that one. Yeah. It's God weird. damn it. She plays Olive, doesn't she? Olive Oil. God damn it. Yep. She was in uh, Casper Meets Wendy, which apparently is a 1998 Hillary Duff Casper movie that I didn't know was ever made. Also, Wendy. Yes. There you go. Uh, and she was also in Wishbone. The TV show? Yeah, with the Beagle. Was it yeah, Beagle? yeah, yeah, yeah. No, yeah. it was a Jack Russell. That's right. Uh, she was in Ah, Real Monsters. Huh. Uh, she was in the classic movie Rocket Man. Oh wow! Do you know what movie that is? I know what Rocket Man is. I'm trying to think. Wait, Rocket Man or the Rocketeer? Rocket Man. So maybe I'm crossing my Rocket wires Man here. is uh, this like goofy stupid guy ends up becoming an astronaut like basically on accident oh harlan williams that's his name yeah that one yeah <laughs> it wasn't me yeah uh he's in the 80s i don't know if she was in that yeah movie. she's also in the 80s twilight zone tv show huh. all right now scatman carruthers brothers <laughs> plays dick halloran oh that's who he plays yes <laughs> i saw the i saw the name in the, t- in the yep. titles, I was like, "Who the fuck is Scatman?" Yep, he plays a character called Jazz in Transformers, all through the eighties and nineties or eighties. Um, I think he died. Um, shit, he was in the eighties Twilight Zone. He also played uh, several roles on the Harlem Globetrotters in different projects. Hmm. Yep. Uh, also in the movie Harlem Globetrotters on Gilligan's Island, which <laughs> I didn't know that existed. I'm I kind of want to watch it. Kind of happy it does exist. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, he was also in the 80s Scooby-Doo. Uh, he was in the 1979 Incredible Hulk TV show. He was in Charlie's Angels, Sanford and Sons, uh, The Lorax from 1972, Bewitched, The Aristocats, and Alfred Hitchcock Presents all the way back in 1958. Damn. Mm-hmm. He's been in a bunch of shit. And those are about, uh, besides Danny, who wasn't anything else, those are like the only characters in the movie. <laughs> <laughs> so the kid never acted before or since? Nope. <laughs> Speaking of which, Danny didn't even know he was in a horror movie till he was 17. The kid who plays Danny. Whose ha- name is Danny. But the actor's Danny name L- is Danny? Danny Lloyd. <laughs> Shit, what are the name of these characters in the book? I don't remember. It's been a long time since I read it. Okay, so the idea for Danny to move his finger while he was talking to Tony was all his own. He thought of that, which That's is just even creepier. Even worse. <laughs> God. Okay. Damn it, when Jack children. breaks down the bathroom door, the props department built uh, a bunch of doors that could easily be busted into. But Jack Nicholson used to be a volunteer fire marshal, and he kept fucking them up like on the first or second <laughs> swings. So they had to actually build real doors. Yeah, for you did mention, up. he's like, you know, he does know how to swing an axe. He sure does. So <laughs> to get Jack Nicholson pissed off, they only fed him cheese sandwiches for two weeks straight before filming, and he hates cheese sandwiches. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, what the fuck? Oh, dude. He tortured his actors and actresses, especially Shelley Duvall. Fucking Old fucking Kubrick. Kubrick. 
Um, according to Shelley, the famous Here's Johnny scene took three days and 60 doors to film. Hmm. Uh, there were so many changes to the script that Jack Nicholson said he stopped reading it. And he would only read <laughs> a few pages he had to do that day because he just got sick of fucking reading it. Fucking reading the whole script? Yeah, because they kept changing it. <laughs> How? Okay. There's not much to this movie, to be honest. Yeah. What fucking changes could there be? I don't know. <laughs> we don't know because he changed it. <laughs> so Angelica Houston uh, was Morticia in the 90s. Oh, you know what I'm talking yeah, about. Yeah, yeah. She was living with Jack Nicholson at the time of the shooting. And she said that while they were filming um, and Kubrick was like basically fucking up Jack Nicholson, that he would just come in and go straight to, like, he'd literally fall face first onto bed in his clothes and sleep like that and then wake <laughs> up and go right back to work. Can we just point out that this is, am- this is going to sound really dark, but it is quite honestly amazing to me that Jack Nicholson hasn't committed suicide because of the crazy fucking roles he's played. You also know that he was raised thinking that his mother was his sister, right? I had no idea. Yeah, IRL. He didn't know till like he was in his thirties, I think, or forties, and like a reporter dug it up and told him like in an interview, and he's like, "Uh, shit, that's crazy." What? Yeah, his mom had him really young, I think twelve or thirteen, and her parents raised him like other like their son instead of their grandson, and he just thought that that was a sister growing up. It's his mom. What the fuck? <laughs> he can't help that. Now I'm doubly surprised he hasn't killed himself. That is really dark of you to say. It's still true. I'm still surprised. I'm happy, but like, fuck. God. Okay. Because actors have killed themselves for less. Man, you're just going dark. I just watched The Shining. It's October. What do you fucking want from me? True. Don't fuck me up like that. God damn. So what Shelley, the fuck? Like I said, Shelley Duvall got tortured during this. Uh, she actually got physically ill and lost a bunch of hair during the filming. <laughs> Because Kubrick, like, literally would jump scare her all the time and, like, berate her and just call her, make fun of her. And Why the fuck did she stay on the job? Because money. I don't know. How much money? I, I, I gotta know how much money she got paid for this. Yeah. So, Stanley Kubrick always does these compulsive, massive retakes over and over and over and over. So, the shot of the blood pouring out of the elevators, actually, they got it done in three takes. Wow. Which is, like, a record for him. Now, apparently it took several, uh, nine days, I think, to set up for that shot every time. So that's like a month of them just getting one little, like, 10-second scene they use three times. Hmm. And every time the doors open and the blood poured out, Cooper would be like, that doesn't look like blood. And apparently it took them a whole year to freaking get the shot right. You know, honestly, I was thinking it didn't look very much like blood, but I've never seen that much blood poured out of hallway, so I'm not really sure. Yeah. So Jack Nicholson actually suggested Scatman Crothers, um... Crothers didn't like working on the movie either, like everyone else. Uh, he made him do over 100 takes in one scene. Fuck. Yeah. Uh, the next film that Crothers did was Bronco Billy, directed by Clint Eastwood. Uh, and Clint apparently only does one take, generally. And apparently Crothers broke down and cried the first time he did a scene for uh, for Clint Eastwood because he was like so freaking happy that he only had to do it once. <laughs> Yeah. So, Stephen King was very vocal about not liking this adaptation very much. Yeah. He actually said that Kubrick's visuals were stunning, but it was all surface and not substance. He actually called the movie a fancy car with no engine. Damn. Yeah. It's like, okay, dude. 
Yeah. I don't know. He that guy. He's got a. He's got some amazing work. I'm not gonna lie, but like. He's a fucked up individual. <laughs> yeah, but like the guy's also written like a thousand books. <laughs> he also apparently, apparently directed the moon landing videos. That's one of the uh, theories that we'll talk about eventually. Wait, wait. And appara- yes. Kubrick? Yes. Okay, I was talking about um, Stephen King, but ah. also bullshit, but okay. Just telling you what the theories say. Yeah, the theories are bullshit. All right, so Stanley Kubrick originally wanted Slim Pickens to uh, play Dick Calloran. Slim Pickens was the guy who plays Taggart in Blazing Saddles. Oh. But he'd worked with him already on Doctor Strangelove or How I Learned to Stop Worrying and Love the Bomb, and he's like, fuck that, I'm not working with Kubrick again. Stop worrying and love the bomb? Fuck. Yeah. Okay, so all the interior rooms at the Overlook were filmed at Elstree Studios in uh, England, including the Colorado Lounge. Um, because it was so hot in there to recreate sunlight going through there, the lounge actually caught on fire, like more than once. <laughs> <laughs> they shine so much light into a lounge that they fucking caught it on fire. Yeah, they wanted it to look like sunlight coming in. The room where Jack types. <laughs> too much sunlight, too much sunlight. Yeah. So it got burned down. Uh, they rebuilt it. Uh, they ended up having to rebuild the set with a way higher ceiling, and Steven Spielberg actually used that for his uh, snake pit thing in Raiders of the Lost Ark later, that same studio. Oh, wow. Yeah, because it's so tall. Huh. Because it already burned down. <laughs> I hate snakes. Yeah. So the maze at the end of the movie consisted of, uh, like, the snow consisted of 900 tons of salt and crushed styrofoam. Instead of real snow? Yeah, because fuck you, sea life. (laughs) All that styrofoam (laughs) probably in the ocean now. Probably, yeah. (laughs) Okay, so Kubrick originally wanted Shelley Duvall to be this timid, dependent version that she is. Uh, Jack Nicholson wanted, actually, Jessica Lange to be Wendy. Who you probably don't know, but she's uh, she's been in all the American Horror Stories. She's the blonde woman, the older lady. Um, she's been in a lot of shit, too. Uh, he recommended her to Kubrick, but Kubrick shut it down because he wanted timid, little, quiet Shelley Duvall for the role. Yeah. So, I mean, she does serve her purpose. She's a yeah, shaky, no, she's great panicky, at it. Yeah. Uh, yeah, she, I mean, she did a phenomenal job, um, yeah. especially because he tortured the fuck Kubrick out of her. Kubrick beat it into her. <laughs> Literally. Yeah. Okay, so Kubrick wanted Robert De Niro or Robin Williams to play Jack Torrance. God. I, I, you know, I, I gotta say, though, Jack Nicholson fucking nailed it. Yeah, he really did. Because, um, like, from the get-go, it's just like, he's definitely an abusive husband, abusive father, and then just the... Like, when, he's, when he does, like, snap the first time, it's completely believable. Yeah. Well, apparently, even after Taxi Driver, he didn't think De Niro was psychotic enough. He didn't think he thought Williams was too crazy after watching Mork and Mindy. Ooh. <laughs> so I, I I will say I think Robin Williams would have definitely this would have been this could probably be one of my favorite movies if Robin Williams was the was the main guy. No, just I think you just hated. I so think much. he I think he would bring a new creep factor into it. But De Niro, I don't see him being like a. I don't see him doing this. No. Well, apparently, uh, according to Stephen King, Kubrick also wanted Harrison Ford to play the main role. Ooh. That'd have been interesting. That would have been interesting. I think it's perfect the way it is. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. I think Jack Nicholson nailed it. Jack Nicholson nailed it. That's a tongue twister. So there's a DVD commentary track for this, and apparently Vivian Kubrick, I guess, is his wife, or um, so, some family member. Yeah. Apparently, she says that uh, Shelley Duvall received no sympathy at all from anyone on set, <laughs> like on purpose. 
they wanted her to feel completely hopeless and isolated. They basically told her, don't sympathize with Shelly. And he says, it doesn't help any of you to sympathize with her. That's fucked, dude. It is completely fucked. That is totally fucked. He's a method actor or method director, I guess. Okay. So neither Leah Bedlam nor Billy Gibson appeared in another movie after or before this one. Those are the names of the young woman in the bathtub and the old woman in the bathtub scene. The only movie either one of them ever did. It's because he killed them both after this. <laughs> their Method blood, director, right? Yeah, their blood actually makes up the cellophane of the uh, like the projector. No, nah, I was thinking their blood's actually the blood pouring down the hallway. Yeah, could be. Need a lot more. <laughs> it doesn't look like that. blood. Fine, True. I guess we'll drain three human beings and <laughs> and throw it down the hallway. So the guy who invented the steady cam was actually hired to be the shooter on this. Oh, like the, for the, constant, the camera guy, the the uh, yeah, like single tracking shots. Yeah, I think this is the first movie they actually used it in. Um, and he basically said he would only do it for six months, and they're like, yeah, sure, because he had to be back to shoot Rocky two, and he <laughs> went way over six months. And they just basically flew him on a Concord every Sunday back and forth to shoot oh, Rocky two. Oh, the Concord, fuck. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, so apparently, The Shining got a readaptation in '97 uh, as a miniseries. Stephen King bought the rights back, but when he did that, he had to <laughs> sign a legally binding contract that basically said you're not allowed to talk shit anymore about the movie. <laughs> so everything he said about the movie was before '97, uh, and he's not allowed to talk shit what about a it anymore. Shitty thing. Yeah. It's like- Dude, who gives a fuck? It's his yeah. IP. He really didn't like Jack Nicholson as Jack Torrance. I mean, you're never going to please the author. Yeah. Well, he basically thought that he was already crazy before he got there, based on the way he depicted the character. And he uh, wanted uh, it to show... Uh. He wanted a normal you know, guy I, to turn crazy. You there. know, I, I, I'm going to agree with that. Like, It did seem like Jack Nicholson, like even in the, in the initial interview, like the first scene of the fucking movie, he's just already like... Well, you know, I uh, just want to be alone for five months with my wife and kid. Yeah. It's like he's, he's definitely a little unsettled. He's already fucking unhinged. Yeah. So apparently Stanley Kubrick's secretary spent weeks, if not months, typing all those all work and no play makes Jack the whole boy by hand. Yeah, because it's a typewriter. Yeah. You can't really do that. Well, you could do it now with a photocopier. I say right now you could do it with a photocopy, but back then I don't think there was a, Well, there was Xerox in 1980, wasn't there? I don't think so. There might know. have been there might have been teletype back there, which is like a really early type of fax yeah, machine. Yeah, 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 yeah. But it has those perforated edge edges. Yeah. So apparently Saul Bass is the guy who made the film poster. He made 300 versions before Kubrick was satisfied. <laughs> Dude, how much fucking money is wasted because Kubrick's a perfectionist? I don't know. Probably less than he's made because he keeps making money. <laughs> Stephen King's been he's quoted. Dead, Jim. Yeah, Stephen King's been quoted saying, I don't know why everyone finds this movie scary. Yeah. Maybe it's to do with the corpses and the axe murder and the blood. I mean, maybe. It's also that Stephen King's a fucking psychopath. Yeah, I love him. Okay, so the color red is either visible or, like, subtly visible in almost every shot of the film. And that's presumably because Colorado was Mm. named for the Spanish word for red. Rojo? Sure. (laughs) Colorojo. I think that's fact is wrong. Well, I don't make these facts, motherfucker. I just find them on the internet. Yeah, but you don't fact check them at all. No, I'm not fact checking. It says fact right in the thing. Fact. Which means <laughs> I don't need to fact check it. The Spanish word for red is rojo. Sure. Colorado. Rojo. Close enough. I don't fucking know. I don't speak Spanish. God damn it. That is an easily verifiable fact. Who gives a shit? <laughs> all right. During filming, 
Stanley Kubrick made the cast watch Eraserhead, Rosemary's Baby, and The Exorcist to put them in the right frame of mind. Jesus. You've never seen any of those movies. I what know, but you? they're fucking terrible. You don't know if they're terrible. You've never seen them. I'm not going to watch them. Well, you can't judge then. Just don't say anything. <laughs> God. Okay, so the MPAA would not allow blood in the uh, trailer. So he convinced them it was rusty water, and they just like, okay, and they passed it. Hmm. <laughs> you fucking idiots. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's all rusty water. Oh, of course it is, Mr. Kubrick. <laughs> what the fuck? Okay, also, so what? I just Googled it. Apparently, Colorado does have some translation to red. Oh, 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 oh look at that. You fact-checked something. I didn't need to fact-check it. All right. Just apparently, gonna someone's going to call me out on that shit. We will end on a Stephen King quote that he said. <laughs> he said, "I think Stanley Kubrick set out to make a film that hurts people." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes, he did. Yes, he fucking okay. did. Okay. Well, give us a few minutes, and we will get into these ridiculous fan theories that come out of this movie. Okay. Here's the big theory that. This whole movie is about the Apollo 11 moon landing that Kubrick also directed because people say he directed the moon landing footage. Yeah, those people are morons. So, I did notice Danny is wearing an Apollo 11 sweater at one point. It literally says Apollo 11 on it. Right, right. Yeah. That's the one where we landed on the moon. Yes. Yes. So, here's where all the evidence is. So, they have cans of Tang. (laughs) Cans of Tang in the uh, storeroom. Tang is astronaut orange juice. That's not it. Is that real, though? I don't think that is real. What? That Tang is astronaut orange juice. Yeah, that's how it was billed like, in the 60s and 70s. Really? Yeah, that's how they sold it to a bunch of kids. And Yeah, that's what the yeah no, that's how they sold it. I don't think it's real, though. It doesn't matter if it's real. It's, it, it does it's matter. It's public perception. It's part of a theory. It's supposed to be telling you a secret message based on what the popular... Okay, Jesus. okay. Anyway. That's a stretch. The dead twins are supposed to symbolize the failed Gemini space missions. That's clever. I don't think the Gemini were failed missions. Some of them were. Okay. But the twins, Gemini, that's clever. Oh, I get it. Yeah. Um, I think. Also, apparently, think again, when he's typing all work and no play, mm-hmm. apparently he's not typing A-L-L. It's A-1-1. Apollo 11. Aliens. <laughs> Also, room 237 is supposed to be 217 originally in the book. That's also the room that um, Stephen King stayed at in the Stanley Hotel when he was writing this, right. room 217. He changed it to room 237. Did I read Kubrick s- change it or did... Uh... I think uh, well, somebody did. I think okay. Kubrick changed it. The fan theory says that Kubrick changed it. Right. Now, I read somewhere that the Stanley asked them to change the room number so they didn't get a bunch of people requesting to stay in that room. Ah, uh, because that room doesn't exist but, there. No, it exists. It's haunted. Two seventeen. No, two thirty seven doesn't exist there. I guess. Yeah, so that would that, that would make can sense. Request it if it doesn't exist, right? That would make sense. But apparently, the moon is two hundred thirty seven thousand miles from Earth. Actually, I think that's true. Well, it's not because the next line in this theory says it's actually two hundred thirty eight eight hundred fifty five miles on average. Well, it's on average because there's it gets closer yeah. and moves further away. Yeah. So that's that's supposed to be. It's Kubert telling you that he directed the moon landings. <laughs> that is a crock of shit. Yeah. There's another theory that the whole movie is about our treatment of Native Americans. I say our as two white guys. America. America. Uh, there's also some Native American imagery, which they do point out at one point. Yeah. Yeah. 
apparently, one of the other brands of stuff in the uh, the pantry is Calumet, which means peace pipe. Really? Yeah. Huh. Apparently, it's baking soda. Uh, and then apparently, all the blood is supposed to symbolize all the blood shedding over Native American land. Yeah. Okay. Sure. Sure. It's just as plausible as the Apollo 11 one. Yeah. You know what? <laughs> yep. There's another one that says this is actually about the Greek myth of Theseus and the Minotaur. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So the Outlook Hotel in the novel never had a hedge maze. Kubrick added it. He did, actually did that as a you know reference to the Greek myth of the Minotaur. So apparently the hotel is labyrinth in itself. Yeah. Like hard so, to get around. So I, oddly enough, actually, I learned recently that the word labyrinth, labyrinth is not a maze. A labyrinth is actually a series of turns and tunnels that will always take you to the end or to a single point. So, like, if something is designed as a labyrinth, it, it's actually, like, it's essentially you're on a railroad. A maze is something that's actually curious and, and you can't get through, mm. which is why the movie Labyrinth actually has a weird name. Because if she just followed the single line, if it was a real labyrinth, she'd have gotten there. There you go. And apparently people think that the way... Jack Nicholson carries himself in this. He looks kind of like a Minotaur. He's leaning and kind of shuffling. You know, and such. honestly, at the very end, when he's like limping around, he's got the big axe. Everyone thinks of a Minotaur has got like a giant axe, right? At yeah. Least, at least that's what my image of a Minotaur is. So, um, okay. Um, yeah. Okay. There's apparently another one that says the whole thing's about the Holocaust. I mean, literally, this movie Jesus. could be about anything. And this one's really dumb. Uh, it basically I says that the, huh? it says the number forty-two is all over the movie, which I don't remember seeing it ever. But hey, sure. Um, apparently, it's the answer to the universe and everything. Apparently, yeah. Apparently, room two thirty-seven, two times three times seven is forty-two. Half-Life three confirmed. <laughs> Something like that. <laughs> yeah. He also Jack has a German-made typewriter. K. Because <laughs> like so Holocaust. He's also driving a Volkswagen though. That's not in the theory, but he drives a Beetle. <laughs> that was Hitler's cars. Oh man. Oh wow. This movie's so much about the Holocaust. There you go. Jesus yeah, Christ. I'm not even going to finish that one. It's dumb. That's so <laughs> dumb. There's another theory that says you're supposed to watch the whole movie forwards and backwards. And that's supposed to be alluded to by the Red Rum murder thing. I don't know what it reveals. How do I watch a movie backwards? I have no idea. <laughs> uh, be kind, rewind? Let's see. God, some of you aren't young, old enough to know that reference. Yeah. Fuck. I don't really remember. I don't see anything that is really interesting out of this theory, but I guess you could watch it backwards. Sure. <laughs> somebody go watch it backwards yeah, somebody and watch email it backwards us. and let us know what happens. Yeah. I mean, we know what happens. Well, I mean, because <laughs> yeah. we've seen well, it. Well, see if it like stuff jumps out at you or anything. Yeah. I can't, like, it, it, it's a man becoming psychotic and then a psychotic. Well, like, at the very end, though, you didn't, you didn't agree with me on this, but I thought that at the very end, when, like, he's like, Kind of like, wait, Wendy, help. I thought that was like the spirits of the house like abandoning him and him like trying to regain the final semblance of his humanity. And I completely disagree, especially because when you see him dead, he's got a big smile on his face. He I don't think died. It's a smile. He's absolutely smiling. He died doing what he loved, trying to murder his family. <laughs> you, you think he, you see, I didn't get to the, the very end, that. he was trying to murder Wendy and Danny. To I don't the know. very end. I don't know. Maybe it's just because I'm always trying to see the good in people. But Also, he did the whole, oh, I'm sorry, baby. I won't do anything. He did that shit in the pantry trying to get out. And then he tried to murder them. Yes, but at so that So he's point, already been shown to lie to get what he wants to murder them. True. And, and, and again, it's just it was just a feeling I got. I don't know why. Yeah. It just kind of, it kind of 
went through my soul. Well, well, your soul thereof. was wrong. No, probably. <laughs> There's another theory that says it's all about hell, and Jack Torrance is the devil. Like, is okay, he the devil or is, yeah, okay, I guess. Well, he does. He's always been the caretaker, right? Well, some theorists say that he actually made a pact with the devil in order to get a drink at the bar. Yeah, I was going to say he did. Mm-hmm. I'd sell my soul for a beer, and then he got whiskey. Yep, there you go. Um, and also, he's trapped in 1921 in the exact same pose as Baphomet, a.k.a. the devil, in the tarot card. That's, wow, okay. Yeah. I will say, I think that the bartender is the devil. I could see that. Because he said, because he's just sitting at the bar, he's like, oh, I'd sell my soul for a beer. And then there's a bartender. <laughs> with Hello a, there. With a bar full <laughs> of liquor. Oh, I made an actual Hello there. Ewan McGregor reference, and he's Danny. Oh, wow. Yeah. Hmm. So, there's another theory that's super lazy, that's it's all a dream slash nightmare, which I'm not even going to justify that, because that could be any fucking movie ever. Literally every movie ever. Yeah. Apparently, the layout of the hotel makes no sense. The ghosts pop up where they shouldn't be. Okay. Elevators of blood. Yeah. Okay, whatever. It could all it's, be a haunted ho- it's a haunted hotel. What yeah, do you fucking no want? shit. You want logic? Fuck you. Ooh, there's another one that says that it's all about CIA mind control. What? MKUltra, I guess. What? Uh, yeah. Apparently, um, there's a ski poster in the background of one scene for the Monarch ski post monarch ski something i don't know the monarch <laughs> monarch but apparently uh monarch was a code name used by the cia for mk ultra what is mk ultra oh that was the mind control thing that uh the government actually did to people mostly college students back in the 60s and 70s lsd man yeah they would give them lsd and they'd convince them to do certain things they were trying to make sleepers Oh, and they realized that lsd wasn't a mind controlling it was a mind opening drug well they did it to ted <laughs> kaczynski and he bombed the shit out of some people afterwards he was actually an MK Ultra patient. Oh. Yeah. Well then. And he blew a bunch of people up. Yeah. Good job, CIA. There's another theory that says it's about the Illuminati. There's another theory that says it inspired Frozen. I mean, you could go anywhere with this shit. Are you shitting me? I am not. Okay, do people just... I... Smoke a lot of weed and then watch The Shining and then say dumb shit afterwards and put it on the internet? Yes, that happens. That was oddly specific. <laughs> <laughs> I could absolutely see that happening. Dude, I would never want to watch this movie high. Holy shit. <laughs> I've never been high, so I don't know. Fuck. That would creep. Oh, my God. I just gave myself a nightmare. <laughs> well, what was your uh, favorite part of the movie, Neil? <laughs> oh, my God. When it ended? The frozen Jack Nicholson meme at the end? Yeah. Um. No, I honestly, I liked the... Uh, at first, I was kind of creeped out around uh, what was the character's name again? Dick, the uh, the cook. Yep. I was a little bit creeped out, especially with, like when uh, he was talking to the mom and like his brain told Danny like, "Hey, you want some ice cream, little boy?" He was the least boy? threatening person. Yeah, in the movie. but it, I, I kept thinking like, "He's gonna be a pedophile. He's gonna be a pedophile. He's gonna be a pedophile. He's gonna be a pedophile." And then he just turned out to be this really sweet old man. And then like, who has a thing for chicks with froze? Who has a thing for chicks with froze? Who doesn't? I like a chick. Jesus with a fro. Christ, though, dude, his apartment is just like. Or his house or whatever. Jesus. But, like, he was cool. I liked his character, and I didn't like when he died, but, like, it, it was... He's the only person who gets killed in the movie. Yeah? <laughs> On screen, yeah. Yeah. Um, what, was your, uh, what was your favorite part? Oh, boy. So, I don't usually like Kubrick, 
just like I don't like Tarantino, I'm weird like that. Yeah. I don't like his uncomfortably long pauses. Either one of them. Actually, both of them do that. Yeah. I can't stand either it, one of them. And I, and I agree. It's, it's an artistic choice that yeah. in some scenes makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Um, but he does a very good job at like visually laying it out. It's a good color block. Every There's like little details in every scene that you can look at and find. Every scene is visually beautiful. Yeah. But... I like the part that you hate. I like the way he builds suspense in this. He really well, does. I only hate it because I'm a fucking coward. <laughs> I'm freely admitting like that. these. These older horror movies are meant to be watched. They didn't have cell phones and shit back in the day, so yeah. you didn't have to compete back when you watched these originally. Oh, you I just sit it. in a theater or at the house, and you so you paid like fifteen bucks to rent a Betamax. You were watching the goddamn movie. <laughs> you know, you All weren't playing on your is phone. I was happy that we started watching this during the daylight. Yeah. But he, Kubrick did a great job in this movie of just making the suspense rise and rise and rise. And you never know what the fuck's going to happen in this movie. No, that, and, 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 and I really, I, I respect that. I, I hate watching shit like that. I love it. I hate it. I respect it. Fuck you, Kubrick. I can respect something and hate it. Um, <laughs> but, um, but yeah, I, I definitely, uh, I definitely respect the whole, the whole art of the movie. Like it's, it's, it, it all makes sense. Yeah, and I, I don't know. I just I don't like fucking horror movies. I don't know what you fucking want from me, people. All right, what's your least favorite part of the movie? The movie, that's children, not, that's creepy okay. fucking children. Uh, all right, that's fair. <laughs> I'll give you that one. <laughs> Hello, Mrs. I can't remember the fucking name, but Wendy's gonna call Daddy, him. Daddy's not here, Mrs. Torrance. God damn, <laughs> he's the little boy. That it's funny you're freaked mouth. out by Danny because most people are freaked out about twins. The twins were creepy too, but Danny's in most of the movie. Which you know, people call them the twins, but they're not twins. I thought they were. No, he even says at one point he had two daughters. They were yeah, eight yeah, and but ten. I thought the actresses were though. Oh yeah, the actresses. Yeah, were. the actresses are really twins, but yeah. It was, yeah, it was, and that's kind of weird that he didn't say that they were twins, right? In the, because they were twins. Yeah. But uh, yeah, creepy fucking children. I don't like it. Yeah. What about you? Least favorite um, part. Um. That's a great question. Um, mostly probably that they never fully explain or it doesn't really matter that Danny has the shining, the shine. Right. I mean, what the, you could take out the whole part about him having telekinesis and the only thing that would suffer is Dick Halloran had to find a different way to get up there and check no, on No, 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 no. Because the only reason Dick wanted to go do that is because Danny was sending him messages. Exactly. But that could have been accomplished by Danny making a phone call and like, oh, he calls Dick and then his dad chops the phone line. It would have been the same thing. It was in the movie. It didn't need to be there. I disagree. I disagree entirely. I think that his, the whole that that's the whole point of it is like Danny's freaking out. Tony, whatever the fuck Tony is, is yeah. trying to protect him. And it's Tony all needed he, to be there. I think. But, yeah. But the psych, the tele, the it's not telekinesis. I know. It's telepathy. I know. Whatever. It's all under the telekinesis umbrella. Telekinesis is the name for any extra mind. Powers. No, it's not. Telekinesis. Fucking is Google it. You Google it. You're I'm wrong. You're fucking wrong. It's literally in the name, in the fucking word. Kinesis is movement. It is the ability to allow a person to influence a physical system without physical interaction. Telepathy is mental communication. Psychokinesis or telekinesis. It all falls under the umbrella of telekinesis. Of telepathy. Telepathy is the overarching umbrella. Telekinesis is a subset of that. Yeah. And they don't have any telekinesis in this. I was a nerd in high school, and I wanted to know if telekinesis is real, and I fucking looked it all up, all right? I don't want to fucking proudly admit that, but I admit that. Well, you just did. Yep. On air, bitch. Anyway, if they did, if it did need to be in the movie, they didn't explain it well enough for me. 
Okay. I mean, yeah. Just, I, just I your opinion, like man. Just my opinion, man. It's fine. <laughs> but yeah. Um, I, I don't mean, think the movie suffers for it. I just, I wish I would explain it better. And they're making fair. a sequel, so maybe they'll explain it better in the sequel. Potentially, there's also a knowing Kubrick. There's like a thousand director's cuts of this, probably some on some shelf somewhere. Probably. Um, with the thousand takes that he made. Him just beating <laughs> the shit out of Shelly Duvall around the corner. With, <laughs> with a, a literal bat. With a chair, just beating <laughs> the shit out of her. Be sadder, woman. <laughs> It's cracking the whip. More tears. Mm, your tears taste like candy. <laughs> la, la, la. <laughs> okay, Cartman. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, do you recommend this movie? Uh, duh. Yeah. Sadly, I do too. <laughs> should it's, we make? Should we classics. make watch? Should we make Neil watch more horror movies? Just write in and tell us. I don't give a shit what y'all say. I'm not doing it. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks for listening, folks. All right. We'll see you guys <laughs> next time. All right, guys. Thanks for listening to the Fluent Nerd. Please join us next week. You can find Daddy's us on Facebook, right Twitter, now, and Instagram at the Fluent Nerd. If you Red like what you heard, please leave us a five star review wherever you get Red your podcast. Red also, tell your friends about us. Seriously, text them right now or shout if you happen to be in public. You can send your feedback, show ideas, or behind the scenes stories to thefluentnerd at gmail.com. And we want to have a very special thanks to Sean Ryan, our musical talent. Go ahead and check him out on Instagram, SoundCloud, and Facebook. And we'll see you guys next week. Red Rob!